what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and on this episode we're talking about 18 things to leave in 2018. This is super important because 2018 is almost over and I know if you're like me you've been doing some things this year that you probably don't want to do anymore and so just as an FYI this is all going to be like interpersonal Type things, right? We're not talking about leaving your mom jeans or your granny panties or your manual toothbrushes. Although if you're still using a manual toothbrush, I highly recommend an electric one because they are phenomenal. But this is all like interpersonal stuff. So just as an FYI here, I don't want anyone to be disappointed. These are things that you're probably doing that you shouldn't be doing. So I'm going to call you out. One of these 18 things is probably going to resonate heavily with you. And a lot of these things are related. So you may be hit a couple of times with something and I want you to know it's out of love and that I really, really, really want 2019 to be an amazing year for you. And I know it will be if you leave this shit behind. So let's get started. Before we get started, actually, hold on. So before we get started, I want you all to know as well, there's a download for this. So you can actually download all 18 things and have them with you. Like put them by your desk, your nightstand, in your bathroom while you're using your electric toothbrush for two minutes, whatever, just print it out or you can follow along with me and we can talk about the 18 things. The reason why I did a a document for this is because one, I just think it's nice to have something to look at. Two, a lot of these things are pretty important to leave behind. So you might want to read them again later. And three, because like I like designing stuff, like it's fine. It's just a thing. Like I like doing it. So, um, and I think it'll be helpful. So it definitely follow along if you want to, otherwise just listen in and then download it and print it out later when you get a minute and look at it again later. Okay. So let's get started. Number one is, I wish I had like drum roll. I hope you're drum rolling in your head because I am. Number one is burnout. Oh my goodness. So there's so many people who I have seen burnout this year. I got close. I'm not going to lie. I got close a couple times, but burning out is so not a good look, my friends, please. Okay. So we're going to dive deep into these because I got to tell you either I'm going to tell you a story or give you an example or give you a way out, et cetera. But we're going to talk about burnout. First of all, I don't know who made burning out sexy and and I don't necessarily feel like it was intentional, but I feel like this whole work until you drop thing has got to go. This whole work until, you know, you can't see straight, until you can't talk, until you're you literally collapse. Have you seen that gif of the the girl from that movie where she like walks to her bed and she just like falls? This is not <sighs> we're better than that. We have smartphones, we have smart TVs, we have smart toothbrushes. We don't need to be burning out anymore. We have to do a better job at managing our time, our energy, our emotions, our to-do list. Like we have to get better at this. Please, 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 please set yourself up to not burn out in 2019. There are so many ways to do that. Um, One is just getting more organized, right? Two is for asking for help. I mean, I could do a whole episode on that, but just stop. Just stop burning out. Stop getting to the point of where you are about to. And one of the biggest things um, that I will say for this, and a lot of these tips, is 
being self-aware, paying attention to your body, paying attention to what you hear happening, maybe in your thoughts, maybe in your words when you are speaking to people. Um, you know, when you hear yourself constantly saying, God, I need a break. God, I need a break. Yo, if I could just have five minutes, you know, these things that we hear are little warnings to ourselves, from ourselves, that we need to adhere to. And a lot of times we're bulldozing right over those bad boys and we're because we're trying to hit that target. We're, our eyes are on the prize. We're going to go until we we hit a wall. And that is the thing. We don't actually have to hit the wall. We don't even have to slam on our brakes. So please, please, please stop burning out. Leave it in 2018. Please do not do it anymore. If you're one of those people who burned out this year, for whatever reason, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, but let's work better. Think about what went wrong in those instances and let's try to mitigate that for 2019. Okay. And if you need help with that, please let me know because I can def- I know for sure I can help with that. Um, number two, number two. Okay. So I don't know if you're like me or not, but I love a good party. I do. But what I don't like are pity parties. So number two is pity parties. I want you to leave pity parties in 2018. We're grownups now. Um, they're just not a good look. And it's funny because people don't realize a lot of the times that they're doing this. So again, it goes back to being self-aware, paying attention to your thoughts, paying attention to who you're around. You know, they say, and I fucking hate this, this, um, when they say, oh, you know, you're the culmination of the five people you hang out around with the most or some bullshit. I hate that. I do. I hate it. However, if you are surrounded by negative ass Nancy's, there's a chance that you might be one too. So, so having said that, pity parties attract negative ass people, right? And misery loves what? Company. So if you are surrounding yourself, if you're in company of negative complaining people, that's a red flag. This is a problem. And we're going to talk more about this later, but I want you to leave the pity parties behind. So if you're noticing that, you know, your girlfriends love to bitch about stuff, this is a problem. And you don't want to bring that into 2019, or at least I hope you don't. Now, if you like having the pity parties and you love hosting them um, and you love the guests that you attract, then please continue. Just know that you're not going to attract the opposite. You're not going to attract maybe what you you really do want, which is strong friendships, um, a better lifestyle, positive blank, positive energy, right? Not having fuckboys or whatever it is, right? (laughs) If you're having pity parties, it's literally going to take your time and effort and energy away from what it is you do want. So please know that. Um, Leave that in 2018, I beg of you. Pity parties, not, not the best kind of party at all. It's kind of like the worst kind of party. So, um, I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Number three, if you're following along, this is number three. Number three is playing small. This is an important tip because a lot of us played small this year. I don't know if you did. I know I did at least once where I thought that playing small would keep me, you know, keeping my head down, keeping my head turned, keeping, you know, my nose where it didn't maybe belong, but it probably did or should have. These are things that we can't bring in to 2019. Playing small is never a good look. Would you want to hang around or even see Beyonce if she was playing small? Beyonce wouldn't be who she is if she was playing small. Same for Oprah, um, Nicole Kidman, I don't know, Martha Stewart. These people, if they played small, they wouldn't get shit done ever. They wouldn't get to the next goal. The only way you cannot, you cannot, the only way to get out of your comfort zone is to not play small. Does that make sense? The only way to get out of your comfort zone is to not play small. That's that's a tweetable moment. But it's one of those things where if you're playing small, you cannot, you don't have that, like, you don't have the space, you don't have the energy, you don't have the wherewithal, you don't have any of that to move out of your comfort zone and to into what you want. 
right? That's just, that's just how that works. So please stop playing small. I know it's happened. I know it's easy to fall into that trap because it seems safer, but I guarantee you it's not. Not only that, but it's boring. It's boring and it's not a good look. So playing small is number three. We are all much better, much, much, much better than playing small. Number four, number four is a good one. Number four is hiding. So hiding is something that a lot of us are also doing, right? When we're playing small, but hiding is when you ask for something, right? And it's on its way. It even comes to your door and you hide and you don't answer it, or you're kind of suspicious or maybe even anxious or afraid or whatever. There's something there that's keeping you from getting what you want. And you've played hide and seek before. We've all played hide and seek before. When you play hide and seek and someone can't find you, what's typically the problem? They're not looking or you're hiding really well and you're just really good at the game or maybe they got distracted. There's a reason, but if you are playing hide and seek, typically the whole point is to be found. And a lot of us are playing we're playing just very similar. We're playing life that way, where we ask for something and we hope that it finds us, but we either hide in a place where we know we'll never be found, right? So we never have to actually have that thing. Or we, and we're going to talk about this as again in a minute too, or we are just waiting and waiting and waiting and we just think that they're not coming or, you know what I mean? Like that's, or, or we're afraid that when it does find us, we won't be ready. We won't know what to do. We won't know what to say, etc. So there's a little bit of a parallel with hide and seek. But the problem is I want you guys to leave the hiding behind because if we're not hiding or if we're not showing up as our best self, if we're not standing tall, if we're playing small, right, then we're not going to get what we want. And not only that, we won't be able to do the things that we say that we want to do. You can't do that if you're hiding. It's really hard to be the seeker if you're hiding. Ooh, that's a good one too. It is. It's really hard to be the seeker. If you're playing hide and seek and you're, you can't play hide and seek by yourself. It just doesn't work that way. Either you're seeking or you're hiding. Which one is it? You get to choose. That's a, it's a great, great parallel there. I'm just going to pat myself on the back real quick. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Number five. I like this one a lot. Number five is shitty self-care routines. A lot of us either don't have a self-care routine or we're not doing it. And maybe we have one, right? You've actually gone through and you know what you like. You like mani-pedis, you like spa days, you like getting your hair blow-dried out or whatever. You like um, hot baths with the little bath salt things or the bath bombs from Lush. Like there's a ton of stuff you like, but you're not doing it. And some of us don't even know what we like. I've had clients where I've had to work with them on figuring out what self-care looks like for them. And that's totally fine, right? It's totally fine. It's just figuring out what's manageable for you. We all know that like having somebody around (laughs) all day, you know, or at least every week who can come and do all of these things, right? Take us to massage appointments and acupuncture appointments and spa days and blah, 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 and run us hot baths and jacuzzi visits. Like we, we love that, right? I think most people would like most of that, but it's what can we reasonably do on a day-to-day basis? Most of us don't know. And most of us aren't doing anything. So 2018, a lot of us didn't take care of ourselves. And that has to stop. 2019, we are going to do, and I vow, at least I hope you're vowing as well, that 2019 will take better care of ourselves, whatever that may be. I know some people don't give a shit about getting their nails done. I, I get it. I do. I really personally, I'm not a big like mani-pedi. Like, I'm just not. 
I'm just not. At one point I was just going because there was free booze when I would go and we would have fun with my friends. So, you know, figure out what works for you and what you can do on continuum because self-care is important. Self-care can literally mean just meditating. It can mean buying candles. It can mean making your bed in the morning and using nice, nice fabric softener so that your, your seats and your, your towels and whatever else is really soft when you use them every day. It could mean going that extra mile and buying better quality hand soaps or hiring someone to do your hair or finding a Groupon on um, massage or whatever. There's so many ways we can take care of ourselves better in 2019. And I really, really, really want you to find a routine and to just leave the shitty kind of haphazard random stuff in 2018. Please, please, please take care of yourself, please, in 2019. Everybody, that's for everybody. No one is opted out for that, that one. Everyone is opted in. <laughs> please, please, 2019. Okay. Number six, Poor eating habits. So this relates to the poor self-care routines or the shitty healthcare routines or self-care routines, whatever. Eating is important. You guys know I'm a certified health coach. I did a lot of research and I always am doing research on health and wellness and it's really important to me. And you don't hear me talking about green smoothies and kale all the time, but let me tell you, I'm reading about it and I'm doing it most days. So the reason why poor eating habits happened in 2018 for everyone is going to be different. Some of us have had life changes. We switch jobs. We travel for work. Like, you know, I, I travel for work all the time. Um, we don't like cooking per se, or we like cooking, but we don't always want to spend the money on the expensive stuff or what. There's so many reasons. There are so many reasons. And I want, and I hope that for 2019, we all do a better job of eating better. And I think we'll feel better energetically. We'll be able to tackle more things in 2019 that we didn't get to in 2018. Um, Our energy levels, just our stamina, our endurance, our rest, everything is based on our food, right? They say when you're dieting is what? 80% food and diet and 20% like fitness and working out. So, I mean, those numbers are are crazy to me, but like, I get it. So please adhere to this in 2019, do a better job of eating better, whatever that means for you. Maybe it just means more veggies. For me, it means more fruit and, um, and doing a better job of incorporating that into my snacks, less gluten, less like, you know, refined sugars, whatever. Everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to be different. A lot of us are out here doing keto diets and paleo and whole 30 and all this bullshit and juice cleanses. And it's like, okay, but okay, but what can we do long-term? Like, what can we do every day that's going to, what can we incorporate in every day? That's one thing that I was taught a lot in the health coaching program I was in for a year is introducing better options, introducing better foods versus like, oh, I don't eat at Dunkin' Donuts anymore. Or, oh, I don't do red meat or, oh, I don't do pork, whatever. Okay, cool. That's fine. Those are choices you can choose to make, but there are also things that you can do if you're trying to eat better, where you can just incorporate better things versus just, you know, yanking everything that you love out, right? Like I love ice cream, but I like it because it's cold and it's creamy. And there are other alternatives than dairy ice cream out there because dairy makes me sick. So I've looked into all these different options. And because I'm not the only one out there that has this problem, these companies are coming out with better options. So that's good for me, right? And that's good for everybody else who has lactose or whatever issues. But we have to incorporate these changes versus just taking all ice cream out, right? Or just eating it and then it makes us sick. So just take care of that. Um, I hope that makes sense. Eating is really important. We all know this, but just do a better job in 2019. So we're going to leave the the bullshit uh, that we're eating in 2018, or at least most of it. Okay, number seven. 
This one makes me laugh. Lying. Okay, so I just watched a Christmas movie today about this chick. Um, hopefully I'm not spoiling it. This movie is from 2015, so it's fine. If Hopefully I didn't spoil it, but whatever. So the main character is super cute, but she has this thing where she kind of lies about stuff because she wants to get her way. It's not necessarily malicious, but she's not telling the truth. So she'll pretty much, I don't want to say... Ex- she just embellishes the story a little bit and then kind of omits the truth. And because of that, she found herself in a multitude of holes. Now, there's another show out there. Um, it's a new show called I Feel Bad. It's a sitcom that comes on like ABC or something. It's super cute. Um, but that show, she lies too. There's there's two episodes, two different, two different examples here. But they're both lying. And the woman in the show, I Feel Bad, the mom, she lies about her, her one of her kids getting the honor roll because she wants to cut the line at school because she hates waiting in the like the carpool lane. And I guess they created a fast lane for all the honor roll students. So she figured out a way. She went to work and had her nerdy colleagues create a bumper sticker that said the honor rolls, you know, I have an honor roll student or whatever. And she, she, made, she made it. And then she made one for her husband. And she put it on her car. And the daughter that she, she has two kids, kids that are in school age the daughter was like oh I didn't make it but the 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 son isn't super smart and he didn't know that he didn't make it but he thought he did because process of elimination so he's like oh I got the honor roll and he was so excited and this lie just it it snowballed and I think the problem is when we're lying like that it does snowball and a lot of times it's not just lying to our family and friends about certain things it's about lying to ourselves as well. We tell ourselves we're going to eat better. We tell ourselves we're going to, you know, get up earlier. We tell ourselves we're going to drop the fuck boy. We tell ourselves we're going to show up for people more and we don't. And so not only are we lying to other people, but we're lying to ourselves. So I really, really, really want if you're lying and I realize those are kind of extreme examples, but if you're lying and if you're sort of fibbing the truth, and you're not telling the truth, you're not being truthful, if you would leave that in 2018, I guarantee you it would open more space in 2019. And one of the ways that we do this is by making sure that we're being upfront and honest and that we're honoring boundaries and saying no when we want to say no and telling people why when there's something that we don't want to do. I think that goes a long way and we overlook that. So, yeah, I and I understand why, because it becomes an issue where you have to explain yourselves. And sometimes that's hard. Like in that movie I was talking about, the Christmas movie, she was lying to her niece. She would tell her niece, oh yeah, I'll come to your school performance. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll pick you up. Oh yeah, we'll do this together. And then she wouldn't. And she kept doing that. And the niece was at that age where she believed you. And that's, you know, one of the five agreements or is it four? God, I can't even remember at this point. I think it's the four agreements. But one of the agreements is to be impeccable with your word. And so if we're not being impeccable with our word, it it ends up looking bad on us. And it's just, it's just not sexy. So please be impeccable. If you say you're going to do something, try your best to do it. And if you can't do it, be able to explain why and come up with a better solution. That's important um, to me and to those around you and to yourself. So 2019, 2019. 2000, whatever guys, 2019, please be more truthful, be more honest with yourself and with others. Okay. That brings us to number eight. Number eight is a good one. Self doubt. So self doubt is important because a lot of us doubted ourselves and our worthiness and our abilities and our capabilities this year. And it wasn't a good look. And I want moving forward to have a stronger, I want everyone to have a stronger sense of self and to doubt less. And one of the ways, and one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why is because 
it makes it easier for us to accomplish our goals if we believe that we can and if we believe in ourselves. That's just first and foremost. I hope that makes sense. The second thing is the the thing that you can do to start actually doubting or not doubting yourself is to find that friend, find that person in your life who really just goes all the way ham for you, who believes in you, who thinks that like the sun shines out of your ass, that somebody who really is your cheerleader for you and pretend like that person is around you pretty much all of the time. And when you do that, right, I have a friend in New York who's just very, very confident in me and my abilities. And I'm just like, girl, and I'll turn and look at her like, yo. And it's nice because I want to be that way about myself sometimes, but we forget and we get in our heads and we just, we forget. We forget or we're not in tune with it, whatever. There's so many reasons, but pretend that that person is around you often and that if they heard you saying these things out loud about yourself or if they heard you in your head saying it to yourself, what they would say. And then keep doing that. Keep doing that. My, if I were to go and tell someone that, you know, oh, my audio quality and my podcast or whatever, like if I was upset about something and I, I mentioned it, I'm sure she would come in and say something in my honor, in my defense, not because she was trying to be nice and kiss my ass, but because she believed in me because she believes in me. And that's important. So there are people in your life who can help boost you. That will help your self-esteem. That will help your, um, your motivation and and how you feel about yourself. So definitely leave the self-doubt behind. Definitely, definitely. It is not a good look. Even still, if Beyonce had self-doubt like all of the time, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't get shit done and you wouldn't want to be around her. You wouldn't want to necessarily follow her because the self-doubt, it is, um, it's bizarre in, in how contagious it is and unhelpful and unuseful. So definitely leave that behind. Number nine is a good one too. Number nine is self-sabotage. So self-sabotage is crazy because so many of us have sabotaged our way out of things that we really wanted this year. And we have to stop doing that. And, and you know, the question is, well, how do we stop self-sabotaging, right? It's a you thing. It's something that you're doing. But the way in which I think one of the ways in which you can stop self-sabotage is really, really, really owning and getting close and intimate and personal with the goals that you want. You know, I've seen myself and I've, I've done this recently where, you know, you're dating somebody and you're talking to them and you're getting to know them, et cetera, et cetera. And then what happens? You say something and you ruin it. And maybe it's subconsciously, maybe you're doing it literally on purpose, but we have to stop doing that, especially if we're going to turn around and say that I want blank. I want a long-term committed relationship. I want someone in my life. I want a companion, etc. I can't say those things. And then someone comes into my life and I sabotage it somehow. Um, and we self-sabotage in other ways as well. You know, setting ourselves up and then not following through and then getting upset about it later. And what happens? What do you say to yourself when you screw up? Oh, you're such a fuck up. Oh, you you can't believe you did this. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I let this happen. Wow. I'm a complete blank, right? Idiot. Screw up. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to get this done. This isn't going to happen for me. This wasn't meant for me. I'm never going to attain this, et cetera. And then we spiral. So please, the self-sabotage and the self-doubt, we have to leave in 2018 because it is never going to serve us the way we want it to or the way we think it might ever, not in just 2019, just in ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's just not going to do it. So please leave the self-doubt and the self-sabotage. That's number eight and nine. Please leave those in 2018. Okay. Number 10. So number 10 is 
shitty friends. I love this one because, okay, so you know how at the end of the year you'll see people talk about how they're changing their phone number and they're getting like, new phone, who this? And it's, you know, new year, who is? People do that. And the problem with doing that is I noticed, because I used to be one of those people, believe it or not. And the problem is we end up not looking at it as a two-way street when relationships are always typically two-way streets, at least they should be, in my opinion. So if we have someone in our life who is not providing value, we have to ask, are, are we providing valuable information or like anything value of value, like yes or no? And if we're not, then that's on us, right? We can't blame that person for being a shitty friend if indeed we are, in fact, the shitty friend as well. You have to look at your friendships and see is this a friendship that I want to continue? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then why? If the answer is you, then fix it. And maybe that will turn into a yes. If the answer is, you know, it's not you, it's them, or it's just life, right? Circumstantial. Maybe they had twins. They now live in Antarctica and like, they're just not, it's just not going to work. Right. Or whatever. Um, maybe you had twins and you moved to Australia and now like you're living a totally different life and and no one understands it. And so you have your own friends, your new friends now, whatever. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You have to evaluate that friendship and see, is it worth it or not to continue? So before you do the whole new phone, who is this, please take some time and, and really consider your relationship to that person as well. Like your part in it, the role that you're playing. And you know, if this person is actually a really shitty friend, then get rid of the shitty friend because we all have those people. And as we get older, I think we let them get away with stuff or we just drop them immediately without realizing how we fit into the equation. So there's a little bit of work there that you could do. And I'll talk about this more in another episode, but definitely get rid of the shitty friends because it's never a good look. And I I look at it as, this is how I, I base my shitty friends. Um, are they somebody who would come visit me in the hospital if I ever got like diphtheria or anything happened to me? And, and, and think about it like on Facebook because that's what everyone's doing anyway, right? So on Facebook, if you post or you check into a hospital, you know, who's going to comment? The people that comment are typically your friends, right? Or the people that text you or who reach out to you are typically your friends. Now, the people who do something beyond just, you know, liking a post on Facebook or liking your check-in or doing this sad emoji on your status or saying, oh, I hope you get better without knowing what's wrong. The people who go that extra step and actually show up to the hospital and actually bring you something or actually ask you if there's anything they can do, those are the good friends. Not the ones who just, you know, either scroll past, don't care at all, or, you know, just like it or do that emoji thing. Like, that's bullshit. That's not a good friend. That's probably a shitty friend. So look into that, right? See who's commenting. See who's showing up for you. The other thing I use is my birthday. I'm a big person who's big into birthdays. They mean a lot to me. I realize they don't mean a lot to everyone else. But when it's my birthday, if you're my friend and you know me, you know I love my I love birthdays. I don't necessarily love my birthday because it's like the 24th of January and the weather's normally shit. But um, I still love birthdays. So if you see me having my birthday month or my birthday week or whatever I'm doing and you don't say anything to me, I notice that. I notice that. If you don't reach out, I notice that. If you don't hit me up in some way, shape, or form, I notice that. And if you don't show up when I have a party and I invite you and you're like right down the street, I notice that too. So for me, showing up for me on my birthday is something that I gauge my friendships by. Now, obviously I get it if, you know, you, maybe you get diphtheria and it's my birthday and you can't show up. Um, you know, that's different, but the shitty friends are going to show 
themselves to you in one way, shape, or form. You just have to figure out how you're going to measure that. And if you're going to measure it, right? Maybe you're cool with having shitty friends. That's fine. But I am not bringing anything shitty into 2019. So um, yeah, but that's just me. That's just me. So um, number 10 is to leave your shitty friends behind. Okay. Number 11 this is a really good one. Number 11 is overthinking. They're all good ones. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I'm excited. So I, I made this list maybe like a week or two ago. And so I'm kind of going back over them just now for the first time. So number 11 is overthinking. So this is an important tip to remember. Overthinking is typically, it's the, either the chicken or the egg for me when it comes to anxiety. Now, keep in mind, I am not a doctor or a psychiatrist or anything, so I don't have any extensive knowledge about anxiety or overthinking. I just have been someone who has overthink quite a bit and over, was it overthought, whatever, <laughs> overthought, overthink, and who also has suffered from anxiety. Now, I did not suffer from anxiety, at least in like a real bad form until I moved out on my own and moved across the country by myself. That was a really anxious period for me. Now, overthinking in 2018, I'm guaranteeing has stopped me from making a couple different moves, not physically, but well, maybe physically, but I don't mean move as in relocate. Overthinking is something that I know has stopped me from doing something that I wanted to do. And I know it's something that stops you from doing what you want to do. So we have to figure out a way to mitigate and to slow down the overthinking. Maybe we can't stop it all the way because that's just kind of like how we roll. But there are ways to stop doing it as much. Kind of like the over, um, the eating shitty food thing, right? Not having that good uh, self-care routine or whatever. These are things that we know we're doing, but we could just do it less, does that make sense? We just do it less. So figuring out a way to stop overthinking as much would be a fantastic way to move forward in 2019 because you'll just make better decisions. You'll set yourself up literally to do a better job in everything that you're doing. So for me, overthinking is important um, to leave behind because it will stop you. It will slow you down. It will stop you in the worst ways. It'll, it'll convince you that you need to hide that you need to sabotage something, that you're going to sabotage something, right? Um, and that you're not good enough, etc. Overthinking can just create all of these scenarios. It creates worry and fear and drama that just aren't necessary. And, and you've got to figure out how you're going to deal with that. How are you going to deal with that? Are you going to try essential oils? Are you going to journal? Are you going to get a psychiatrist or a therapist? Are you going to get like a, a pet that you can take care of that you can think about them instead of about your drama? How are you going to reallocate this time and, and your energy and your thoughts? My other suggestion is to start incorporating good ones. Just like I talked about with the food right? Incorporating better foods slowly but surely into your diet. Incorporating better thoughts. This is important. This is super important. It's so doable. It's so doable. You can just read a couple of books, watch a couple of YouTube videos. There are ways in which you can slowly start to turn your thoughts into more positive thoughts over time. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it might, but it probably won't. Um, and that's just important to think about going into the new year, right? Okay, so that's number 11. Number 12. This is a great topic for some of you. I know you do this. Number 12 is avoidance. A lot of us are avoiding shit because we don't want to do it. Now, this is important because if you're not doing something, even though, okay, so if you're saying that you want to do something and then your actions say that you don't, there is a conflict, right? There's a conflict there. And that's what a lot of us are doing. And that goes back to lying, right? A lot of us are telling ourselves, oh, I'm going to do this, but in reality, they're avoiding it. 
and then they end up lying to themselves later. And, and this is just, it's just a cycle. It's just a cyclical issue of really not being clear about what you want or about how you're going to get there or about both. So a lot of times we have a goal and we'll avoid it because of what? Because of anything, fear, you know, self-doubt, confidence issues. There's a total, there's a long list. It's a totally long list on why we won't do something or why we are avoiding doing something for sure. And it varies per person. But figuring out why you're avoiding something is important. It's always going to be a red flag. It's always going to be a good flag that's going to, what's it, what is it? What's the good flag? Is it a yellow flag? White flag means you're giving up. I can't remember. It's not important right now, but you get what I'm saying, right? For me, the avoidance is, it's a great, it's a great marker to see where I need to investigate more. If I know where the problem is or I know around where the problem is, I can help. This will help me pinpoint it, right? Why am I lying to myself? Why am I doubting myself? Why am I keeping myself from winning? Oh, because I'm avoiding what I really want. I'm avoiding success. I'm avoiding confrontation. I'm avoiding meeting new people. I'm avoiding leaving the house. I'm avoiding trying something new. I'm avoiding, you know, looking really hot and getting hit on by people who I'm afraid to speak to or deal with or whatever, right? There's a number of reasons why we avoid stuff. So you have to figure out why you're avoiding what you want in the first place or why you're avoiding what you don't want and then figure out a way to work through that. There are a lot of different things that you can do to help mitigate this as well. So please, if you're avoiding things like you avoided some stuff in 2018, please figure out how to not do that in 2019. And that may just be standing up and saying no more and just doing it, just pulling the trigger, which I hate using that reference, but you know, making a move, let's say that this thing, making a move, but I like that better. All right. Whew, number 13. <laughs> number 13 is anger. God, I spent a lot of time angry in 2018. I did. I mean, I also was super sad at times too. Um, but anger was one of the more negative emotions that I felt this year. And it's interesting, you know, Black women get such a, a bad rep for being quote unquote angry when we're just feeling things. But I think anger is a really important emotion because it can be so dangerous, not only to other people, but to our bodies, to our spiritual selves, to our, our mental health. We we really need to mitigate and, and manage our anger. And I had to do that. I, I would literally say, yo, and I'd be angry about something. You just get angry about life sometimes, right? There's so many bad, sad things going on in the world. It's so hard not to get angry. And I, it is, like, I get it. But we have to figure out ways to let the anger subside and to work through it. I think a lot of times we muffle it because we don't want to be labeled as anything, right? No one wants to be called the angry black woman, but sometimes we're fucking pissed. So how can we move forward into 2019 and not feel so angry, not feel that pressure, not feel that that feeling of just being mad and upset, how can we do that? And I think one of the things that's helped me is by adding in things that make me feel better. Comedy, laughing. I laugh a lot. There's a lot of fucked up things happening in the world every single day. Every single day. Every single day. I'm so angry about things that are going on and about just horrible things people are doing on the regular. 
between the Florida and the Georgia voting issues and, you know, just this kid getting shot by the cops. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm fucking done. And then you get angry with yourself for not doing things right. For maybe not telling the truth not following up, you know, avoiding something, being fearful about something else, sabotaging and ruining potential opportunity. Like you just get angry. Like I get it. Not being further along, there's a lot of reasons why you could be angry in 2018. There's a lot of reasons. But we have to figure out ways to work through the pain, work through the anger, work through that drama and, and that unhappiness, those negative emotions, and also, you know, replace them with ones that feel good. That's important to me. Um, so anger is number 13. Number 14 is disorganization. It's funny, people think that they can get stuff done without being organized. And I'm like, How? Houseway. How are you going to get stuff done if you don't have shit in order? That that drives me insane. How, how can you even say what you did if you're not, you know, I mean, if you don't have some sort of organization to it? So for me, you got to have organization. I, I need that. And if you're someone who's been running around 2018 with literally zero organization, I'm talking no real clear organized organized list of your to-do list, of your goals, of what you want to happen, organized list of anything, cleaning, eating, traveling, like just nothing. You're just winging it. You're just living life. What is it by the seat of your pants? Come on. We have to stop doing that. Especially if you want to like really get shit done. You can't get a lot. You can't, I don't believe that you can get a ton of shit done or at least a ton of shit done efficiently without having organized, without having organization, (laughs) without having organization. You just can't do it without being organized. Like, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing, but I can't guarantee that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing if your shit's not organized. I just don't know. Please tell me how you are subscribing to life and you are not organized. I just want to know. I'm just curious. And this is not a judgment thing, but like if you know you're disorganized and your room is a mess and your bathroom is ridiculous and you have even your makeup bag is just strewn, your purse is disheveled, your car is a shit show. These are things you got to work through. Leave that in 2018. Please clean your car, clean your room, clean your underwear drawer, go through your closet. Please throw the shoes away that you don't need. Please clean it up. Get organized about everything your goals, whatever. You don't have to be like super, super, you know, on the verge of being OCD or sick. I'm just saying you definitely want to have organization in your life. Okay. I just think it's important. That's number 14. Number 15 is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. I am the queen of procrastination. And you know, it's funny. Someone told me the other day, procrastination just means you're afraid. And I was like, damn, that really, it, it hit me in the face, like a brick. Like someone took a brick off of a building and just threw it at my face. That's exactly what it said. When, and it's so simple, but it's true. Procrastination means you're afraid that there's something that you're fearful of. And that's why you don't do it. And I noticed that I did that a lot this year. I procrastinated. I've been procrastinating for years. Like, well, my whole life I've been procrastinating certain shit. But there's so many things I've continued to procrastinate this year that I started in 2017. Or new things I started procrastinating in 2018 that I just kept procrastinating. And one of the ways I've gotten through that is by having that organization, organizing my things out, you know, outlining things that I want and and figuring out how to tackle them, breaking things down into bite-sized pieces. That is what helps me stop the procrastination cycle at some point. It may not happen as quickly as I would have liked, but it does stop. So please, if you are procrastinating and you keep saying you're going to do stuff and you keep lying to yourself about whether or not you're going to do it, please figure out why you're procrastinating. 
and then work from there. And like I said, figuring out how to organize your shit and and prioritize it and really start focusing on things one by one in bite size pieces. So you're, whatever your fear is, you can work through that. Like, I think that's definitely something you can work through. And you may have to hire someone or get like a therapist or somebody to help you through. But I think coaches work great for procrastination because it's a focus on the now, right? And and therapy is typically a, a focus on the past. And maybe you want to go why. You, go into go, you want to go into why you have fear, why you... Um, have issues around moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're looking to just break procrastination and move forward, then that's definitely something a coach could help with. Just FYI. I think that's helped me quite a bit because, you know, they keep you accountable and it's great. Um, but it also just helps with the organization. You don't have to do that alone because it can be very overwhelming. I know I just like rambled about um, organization, but there are ways to do that. And it does help to have somebody there with you. Just, you know, it's like having someone there to help you clean your room. Have you ever had that when you were little and you had to clean your room by yourself and you're like, and then someone came over and your friend was like, sure, I'll help you clean. Or somebody wanted to help you and they did. And you're like, wow, this is so much more fun. Even though you're, you're cleaning your room and it's not fun at all. It's fucking annoying. But that's to me, that's how I like to, um, I like to look at organization and, um, procrastination for sure. So that's 15. Number 16, ooh, low self-esteem. So we talked a little bit about self-doubt and self-sabotage, but I think low self-esteem is really, really important. A lot of us had low self-esteem this year and it is so, 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 so not a good look. And it is, it's depressing. I'll just say it. Low self-esteem to me is so sad and it, it breaks my heart to see women who don't have high self-esteem, especially when you look at all of their amazing qualities. But that's the part about low self-esteem is that it's often linked to depression and that we often can't see. We're in a cloud of our own and we we have this film over our eyes that keeps us from seeing our greatness. And sometimes we can break that, right? If it's not depression, we can break through that by surrounding ourselves with those positive people, right? The cheerleaders in our lives, the loved ones who boost us and, you know, or maybe we can just practice and we just get better at it. If you're one of those people, then there's a ton of things that you can do to help boost your self-esteem from affirmations to journaling, to working with someone, to um, having people around you who uplift you, who, you know, to changing your thoughts, your thought patterns, and figuring out ways in which you can bring out the things that you're good at, writing lists of things that you're good at. There's a bunch of things and exercises that you can do to help boost your self-esteem. But if you have low self-esteem or if you've had it this year, maybe you gained a few pounds or lost a few pounds and you didn't want to, Uh, maybe you didn't have a ton of money and you couldn't afford blank, blank, blank. You know, maybe you wanted this um, in your appearance or something happened, right? Like I've had um, some health issues where, you know, I've been having to work on my skin. I've had some health issues where I've had to work on my skin and my energy levels. And that brought down my self-esteem because I was like, eh, I got to go through all this work. Um, but I did and I, I made it through and I've been able to surround myself with supportive people and expressing myself and why I have these self-doubts kind of brought them to light. And when other people could see the insecurities, they were able to help me work through them, if that makes any sense. And that's important. You have to be honest. And I think upfront about some of your self-esteem and some of your insecurities, um, because if you're not, it makes it harder to tackle them. And a lot of times we can't tackle those kinds of things on our own. Sometimes you can, for sure, with the right book or tool or person, um, you absolutely can. So uh, definitely leave self, 
low self-esteem in 2018, please. Because I want everyone to be shining and glowing and moving in the right direction and feeling really good about themselves in 2019. Because I feel like there's, there's really no reason why we shouldn't at this point. You know, I think it's the people in my life who are different, who I look up to, who are kind of doing their own thing, dancing to the beat of their own drum has become cool now. And it's always honestly been cool, but it's about who had the balls to do it or not. And I think with that being said, all of us can embrace everything about ourselves, even the weird shit, even the things that, you know, according to society and Maybelline and, you know what I mean, ABC isn't um, deemed naturally blank, you know, or isn't whatever they're telling you that it is. That's important. So, okay. So that's number, that's number 16. Number 17 is a big one. And number 18 is two, but number 17 is fear. I think a lot of the time we're doing all of these things because we're afraid. So we have to leave fear in 2018. I would love for you guys to tweet some of the things that you were afraid of, um, or that kept you, that fear kept you from in 2018. Some things that you really wanted, but you didn't do because you were afraid. Maybe you were afraid of failing. Maybe you were afraid of looking stupid. Maybe you were afraid of rejection. Maybe you were afraid of someone telling you no in like a really embarrassing way. Like whatever, whatever it was that you wanted um, that you didn't get because you let fear take over. I would love to hear that if you're willing to share it. Please, please tweet me. Uh, My Twitter handle is at WhitneyDCLife or you could just send me an email, Whitney at WhitneyDanielle. Dot com uh, because I want to know. I want to know what kind of has kept you from moving forward when it comes to fear. My, I'll share with you mine. My biggest one was fear of fear of success was my biggest fear. I would say for 2018, and I realize that sounds really weird to some of you, but it was true because I thought that if I was actually able to do and replicate something for myself that I've seen other people do, that I would. It would just be a lot. I wouldn't necessarily be able to handle it. People would judge me. People would think that I wasn't authentic. Um, I was afraid of that. And so it's not just one thing, right? Typically, it's one thing that kind of stems and and drizzles. What is it? Um, That that organizes itself in different ways too, right? So what is it that you're afraid of in 2018 that you have been afraid of in 2018 that kind of kept you back? Um, A lot of people were afraid to go out and do things because they were afraid that they wouldn't meet new people or that, you know, they wouldn't find the right people who got them. There are people who are afraid to go out on dates because they're afraid of rejection or of what they might do or say or feeling stupid or looking stupid. Um, there's a lot of people who have fears. So I'm just curious everybody else's, if, if you're willing to share it, please do. And lastly, the 18th thing to leave in 2018 are, drum roll please, fuck boys. I love this. And I, I swear to you, I'll say this every single year if I have to, but 2018 is a fantastic year to leave any and all fuck boys you've entertained, spoken to, dealt with, and any of that, any of that, any, any year, but especially this year. Okay. So moving forward, I'm really hoping that all of you will take it upon yourself to move forward and have different expectations and requirements for people that you're entertaining and to just figure out what it is that you want. I'm hoping that most of you don't want to deal with fuckboys, right, in any capacity, and so that you prove that in 2019 and you go about living and dating and, you know, holding yourself accountable and all of that, holding yourself to a certain standard and holding other people, more importantly, to a certain standard where you don't tolerate that because it's an attraction thing. I, I, I do believe that for sure. Um, you attract what you 
what you think about and what you allow. And so your thoughts create actions. If you're thinking low vibrational, like I can only get a guy who does blank, blank, blank and who treats me this way and this way, then that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to attract. That's what you're going to get. So if you're attracting fuck boys, how can you figure out a way to attract what it is that you do want? And my, my definite recommendation for that would be to figure out what you do want. A lot of us don't even know what kind of guy we want. We think we do, but then we don't. And so one of the ways that you can circumvent all of that drama in the doubt and the wondering is to just go out there and date and then make sure that you're feeling your way through that. So, and I'm not saying feeling as in like being super emotional and extra and going like the extra route um, with your emotions. I just mean being observant, um, being self-aware, like I've talked about a lot today and figuring out how you want to feel, what you want from someone else, assuming that you're looking for something long-term or serious. So um, leaving fuckboys in 2018 is always going to be a good look. Always going to be a good look. Please believe if you leave them in 2018, they will try to find a way back in in 2019 or even 2020, right? Who knows? But you've got to change that way of thinking. You've got to change your standards. You've got to change what you allow, what you deal with, and what you entertain in your cell phones, in your DMs, in your real life, at the club, wherever. Please leave these mans in 2018. Please. They're not about shit. They're probably not going to be about shit. And they haven't been about shit. So, I mean, come on. Let's just move forward. Let's move forward. No fuckboys, please. I love that. I wanted to end on that note because I just felt like it was the appropriate thing to do. I hope I've managed to stay like with the right number for each one. And we actually did call out numbers one through 18 here. But if you did not and you want to go back, definitely download my little document, guys. It's super cute. And um, it's perfect for any year that you want just a refresher of things that you don't want to bring in too the next year or the next day or whatever. But I, I like it as a yearly thing because these are things that we really can cultivate and and do less of each year and each month. And it's, it's a practice. It's not going to happen overnight, right? It's just not, especially because some of the stuff we do habitually all of the time. And a lot of the times we do it, we don't even know it, you know? And that's where we have to do some of the digging and figure out, okay, great, how? How can we stop doing these things? How can we start doing other things instead, right? It's all about perspective, approach, and attitude. I like that. Perspective, approach, and attitude. Paw. It's a fantastic acronym. I just made it up. Thank you. All right, guys, make sure you're following me on social media. I am Whitney Danielle Coaching and obviously my my uh, podcasts, podcasts, <laughs> work and spill on IG. Definitely follow me on Facebook. I'm going to be doing a lot of videos on these types of topics, whether it's goal setting, mindset, getting your shit together and your thoughts and actions in order. We talk all about that on Whitney Danielle Coaching's Facebook account. And I also have a YouTube account, which has lots of videos around networking and how you can start using your network to help you move forward in 2019. And um, if you need to reach out to me independently, definitely drop me a line and you can sign into DMs as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed. And if you like this episode, can you leave me a review? That would be a fantastic early Christmas gift because I like things and I like positive things and I could use some really great reviews on this show and that would be great. I love you all. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I will talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.